previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, or if it's your first time, welcome here to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, it's my podcasting partner and partner in life, Becca. Who's ready to get stupid? Oh, I think we are all ready to get a little stupid. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I think we're already stupid, which also would be a fact. Yes. Well, we have been podcasting about Love Island for the better part of a year now. I can't believe that. And we are finally getting into a new season. So welcome, welcome, welcome to season seven. We've got 11 brand new Islanders in the sun, ready for fun, and honestly not having too much of it. For our season seven podcast, we are going weekly instead of episode by episode which means that we are going to start with a recap of the week, try to review some key moments and turning points, and then we are going to go through the state of the couples and talk about who we think is strong, who might make it to the end, who seems destined to flame out. And then we've got our exciting brand new feature, Fantasy Love Island. This comes from our love of fantasy sports and crossing it with our love of reality TV. Yeah, this is still a work in the making, but it's been really fun so far. So you can play along. You can draft your fantasy couple every week. You can play with your friends. You can play by yourself and compare how you do against us. And you can download the free Fantasy Love Island spreadsheet, the Google Doc, where you can track it. And I'm tracking everything live from my Twitter account at LBLI podcast. So we will do a weekly review of our fantasy leagues. And then we will get back into the TNA report. Obviously, there's a lot of shows per podcast so what I do is I write down everything episode by episode and whatever I remember at the end of the week comes into the podcast oh and for our new listeners that's our name for reviewing the fashion on the show it is not actually a review of TNA well occasionally but that's not my fault this is an especially tea season thus far oh yeah lots of teas and it opens well we also had an a We'll finish up each podcast by talking about a few of our favorite moments of the week that were a little bit more whimsical. Yeah, I call it the ridiculous moments of the week. It might be five. It might be more. We'll see how much whimsy we get. Based on this week, though, there is a fair amount of whimsy. I'm very excited. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the new season. Normally, we'll just talk about the couples at the start of the week, who entered, who exited the villa. But for our first week, I think it makes sense to start with our first impressions of the 11 New Islanders. A butt. The second shot of the whole new season is a butt. The first people to the villa, it's Kaz and Liberty. Now, Kaz, she is 26 and she is a fashion blogger from where else? Essex. And Liberty is a 21-year-old student from Birmingham. She's also a Nando's waitress who's not allowed to handle plates. So she usually ends up being hostess. So what did you think of Kaz and Liberty? In the intro videos, Kaz is a little off-putting. She seems a little selfish and self-absorbed. Now, to be fair, we all know that these videos are heavily directed, heavily edited, so I don't want to put too much stock in that. But I didn't get the greatest first impression of her. Liberty comes off as a bit of a ditz. She acknowledges that, which makes it better. What changed my view on both of them is the way they bond instantly. I loved that friendship, and I think think we're going to enjoy watching them. Yeah, that is definitely a friendship to watch, and I would say that both of them defied the stereotypes or defied the personas that the producers seem to try to create through those intro videos. During that first week, we learned that Liberty is actually very smart and that Kaz seems to be a pretty nice person. And a good friend. Yeah. So next to the villa, it's Sharon. Now, Sharon was the first Islander that was released by ITV to the public. She is 25 and she is a civil servant from Oxford. As well as a former beauty queen. 
That's true. Though I like to think of her as my third degree LinkedIn connection. That's a pretty good claim to fame there. Oh, yeah. Maybe one day we'll get a librarian on there. Well, it certainly brings more cred to the podcast. Sharon seems very straightforward and direct. I think Sharon is a Camilla type, but the opposite personality of Camilla. You know, smart and maybe a little atypical for Love Island. But boy, howdy, is she a bulldozer of a woman, whereas Camilla was a bit of a shrinking violet. So I'm not sure Sharon's going to have the easiest road. Yeah, I'm not so sure either, though. I actually think of the Islanders. She's one of the people I would actually enjoy hanging out with. And not just because we have somewhat aligned careers. Next up, it's Faye. Now, she is 25 years old from Devon and a letting agent. One thing we like to do here on Little Bit Leave It is do a little cultural translation. So a letting agent is the British word for like a rental agent. She rents people apartments, basically. Dude, that was so pretentious sounding. (laughs) It's British. I can't help it. No, it wasn't the British part that was pretentious sounding. It was the rest of it. That's how I am. So Faye seems cool. I would definitely want to hang out with Faye. We would definitely get into drunken arguments and hug and make up the next day. And I have a feeling that's exactly how Faye is going to be with the rest of the girls, too. Now, Shannon, she is the final of the original girls to arrive. She is 22 years old. She is a model and she is from Fife, which is in Scotland. We looked it up. Shannon is by far the prettiest of the girls coming in. Yes. She also seems to be a bit of a wet wipe. A little bit. She wants an old soul, but she quickly becomes old news. Well, I don't think her tastes make her a wet wipe. Her complete and utter lack of interest in any of the other islanders. I don't even mean sexual. I just mean she is not there having a good time. Yeah. She is turned off from the get-go. Oh, yeah. And I did not mean to imply her desire for an old soul was what sends her away. But as you know, if you're listening to this, we hope you've watched the full first week of the show. Shannon is no longer in the villa. And we will talk about that a little later. So the guys, we've got Jake. He is 24 from Somerset. And he is a water engineer, which is British for plumber, I think. And he is the laddiest of lads. Yeah, he is basically the er male Love Islander. Jake the Lad. Yeah, he likes blondes. Liberty luckily steps up for him and he picks her. Bada bing, bada boom, first couple in the books. We didn't even mention Laura. Oh yeah, Laura's there too. Yeah, I still think they're totally misusing her because she's really, really funny. Yes, also Liberty had mentioned that salty lips are a no-go, so I really hope Jake's lips taste good for Liberty's sake. Maybe he needs some of that lip gloss. Jess, call Jake. The next guy is Aaron. He's 24 from London, and he works in high-end events. He's also secretly smart. Yes. He does not lead with that, but he is smart. He's majored in finance. Yeah. And he wants to do big things. Yeah. And both Kaz and Faye step forward for Aaron, but he, for some reason, decides to pick Shannon. Well, you know, looks... Yeah, she is the hottest. So I get why he picked her, but I don't know. It's like he hasn't watched the show before or something. (laughs) Third guy we meet... My boo! ...is Hugo. The internet's boo, really. He is 24. He was a PE teacher, and he's from Hampshire. He was a trainee PE teacher, and his contract has not been renewed. Which may or may not have anything to do with him being on Love Island. I did a little research. It turns out that those trainee contracts, you don't always get picked up as a full-time teacher. Unless something goes horribly wrong with him, the amount of love I've seen for him after week one, he'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. And as Faye says, that bone structure, come on. He's beautiful. He's also the inventor of the half-night stand. He likes to sleep in his own bed. Yeah, I understand that. Respect. But nobody steps forward for Hugo. He ends up picking Faye. Not for long. Not for long, because the next guy in the villa is Toby. He is 22, and he is from Essex. Toby does not have a real job. Get a real job. He has great co-ord, though. So he is a real-life soccer player for an eSports team network? Is that correct? Yeah, there's an esports team 
that I guess has a soccer team affiliated with it or as part of it as kind of a marketing and promotional tool and they play other amateur teams. So it's like intramurals. Yeah. He doesn't get paid. Yeah, that's correct. They do not pay those soccer players. So I don't know how he gets any money, but not from Team Hashtag, which is just so lame, right? Team Hashtag. Super lame. Nobody steps up for Toby, which we find out later in the episode is because he didn't give anybody eye contact. Toby has an eye contact problem. He does. He picks Faye. And Hugo is sent to the bench. Now, like Hugo, Toby is not paired up with Faye for very long because the final guy in the villa is Brad. Bad Brad. Bad Brad is 26. He's a laborer and he is from a little place called Northumberland. In Mumbleshire, near unintelligible. He is so hard to understand. And the captions only work a quarter of the time. He makes Callum from season six sound like a BBC anchor. Well, he also makes Callum like an absolute Casanova Don Juan Romeo. Brad's a piece of work, but three girls, they have not talked to him yet, so they step forward for him. It's Liberty, Sharon, and Faye. Brad picks Faye. Since Hugo was rejected first, he gets to repick first, and he pairs up with Sharon. Toby ends up with Kaz. So... Real quickly, what do you think about these initial couples? They all have their first kind of one-on-one conversations, getting to know you chats. What do you think? Oh, I think it's a little messed up that two of the women of color were left as last picks. That kind of felt icky. We didn't have a Nas this year, but we got, you know, Sharon and Kaz did get the short end of the stick. But I think Jake and Liberty, I think if they don't get in their own way, they're a perfect match. Yeah, it is there. That was my notes on Jake and Liberty. That's all it says. It is there. You know, Shannon is unenthused with everything. Yep. My notes next to Shannon and Aaron, it just says fart sound. There are no sparks between Brad and Faye, despite them constantly asserting in the beach hut that they like each other. Those last two couples, Sharon and Hugo, well, we know at this first week, they don't really last for all that long. They had potential because they're both grown-ups, but they just don't... They don't see the world the same way. No, not at all. And then you've got Kaz and Toby, which maybe we'll find out. Yeah, there's possibility. Certainly. The end of this first episode had a scene that blew up the internet. And of course, we're talking about during the Dares game, we see Jake take out his Love Island cell phone and begin recording Toby sucking on Kaz's toes. He even says something to Liberty and she doesn't protest at all. Nobody says anything and Jake has already made his foot fetish known. Jake is not shy about his love of these little piggies. No, it's disgusting what he does. And nobody said anything? It's unbelievable that we don't see or hear the islanders saying anything about that but hey maybe that's just youth culture these days in the uk and we just don't get it as americans i mean it could have been handled off screen love island does handle things off screen and provide very little information to the viewers so we all remember what happened with poor sharif from season five let's just put on our Pollyanna rose-colored glasses and assume that Love Island producers handled it behind the scenes. Right? Right? Right. Right. Another thing that happens in this uh, little truth or dare game, Faye and Brad have a snog. She says it was great. He says it was decent. I still say thumbs down. There is zero chemistry between these two. I am with you on that one. So at the very end of the night... As they always do, they introduce the first bombshell and the guys get a text. I think Toby gets the text. It's a voice note. Oh, that's right. It's a voice note. It's a very Kardashian voice note from Chloe. She's got the vocal fry right out of Beverly Hills. She invites any and all interested fellas on a date. Then the guys have to decide who is going to go on the date. And of course, they pick all of themselves. They decide they're going to stick together, that if the girls had had the same opportunity, they would all go, which is probably true, except maybe Liberty. Although at this early stage in the game, you'd be stupid to say no. You want to meet as many people as possible. 
And my favorite part is that they practice telling the girls that they're all going to go. Toby gets elected to tell the girls. Toby seems to do a lot of the boys' spokesmanship. These guys seem like pretty nice guys. Well, at least all of them but Brad so far. Well, we don't know that Brad's bad yet. Right, but by the end of the first week, we have a pretty good clue. Yeah, the girls are not thrilled that all the boys are going. Faye feels like old scabby meat in the Tesco aisle, but the guys go, and the date itself is pretty unremarkable. Yeah, and it's pretty funny that Faye says that prior to even knowing that Chloe is kind of like a carbon copy of her stylistically anyway. Yes, which she will be reminded of numerous times over all of the episodes we have seen thus far. Later in that second episode, we get our first challenge, which is the Horny Devils Challenge. We learn some interesting information about these islanders, but there is a very key moment. Sharon and Aaron snog, kind of unexpectedly. Yeah, it seems to come out of nowhere, but he goes in for it first and she returns the favor later and there's some heat. Yeah, we may have our second real couple on our hands. We also learned that Sharon has had three threesomes. Hey, girl. Yeah, again, Sharon seems like the person I want to hang out with in this crew. Hey. Come on. She said threesomes, not extramarital affairs. I'm sure there are plenty of other people in this season who who will have no issue butting into a relationship. Well, it is Love Island, not Friend Island. So, as is tradition in the villa... Great for Love Island and therefore great for the wild. Chloe must choose who she is going to steal from one of the original girls. But first, we get a real punch in the groin of a cliffhanger. Yeah, multiple cliffhangers in this first week that is very unusual for Love Island. A lot of people on Reddit are saying, ah, maybe the producers are doing this because they know it's boring. You'd think people would be so excited for a new season after not getting one last summer. Although maybe after seven seasons, it's kind of, or maybe at the start of a seventh season, it's kind of outlived its usefulness and they should consider wrapping it up. I don't know. I think there's an expectation because people are missing it and they haven't had it for a year and a half. There's this expectation that it's going to be amazing right off the bat. But I think when you go to any Love Island season, with maybe the exception of season one, that first week is pretty slow and it may not be indicative of the nature of the season at all. I mean, think of season five, where that first week is all about Lucy and Joe. Or season four, where the first week was actually really exciting and the season just kind of falls apart as you go along. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think it's better if the season has room to improve than uh, starts to unravel. Anywho, we open episode three. Chloe picks Aaron. And I just want to give Aaron a little shout out. I did not mention this before. In their one little conversation, he said that he was an econ major. I was wrong. I apologize. And that he wants to start a skincare company. And he does have absolutely gorgeous skin. So Aaron coming in hot, winning the bombshell. And then there's another text, a shock text. I think everybody was surprised. The Islanders, the viewers at home. Shannon has been dumped from the villa. That is nuts. After two weeks of quarantine, she's dumped from the sanitized sex bubble after 48 hours. Now, there's a lot of conjecture about why Shannon has been dumped. Is it because she was super boring and didn't click with anybody? There's been plenty of people like that who didn't get dumped immediately. If I had to guess, it's a number of things. First, yeah, she's not really doing anything. She's not interested in any of the guys. She doesn't seem to be building friendships with anybody. But that's not enough to pitch somebody. Yeah, but I will say this. If the producers think that there is a general cast chemistry problem, and even in these first couple of episodes, I think it's pretty apparent that we don't really have any couples besides Jake and Liberty, possibly Sharon and Aaron. And if the producers really do think there are some cast compatibility problems, maybe they're saying, you know what, we just need to shake things up. Let's get rid of the people who are clearly not going to be getting along with anybody. Or just light a fire under the rest of their asses, too. Yeah, that could also be it. There were also rumors going around about Shannon. Like, we don't know how much is true. We don't know if she really did have a boyfriend already out there. But I'm sure after Shauna, the producers don't want that happening again. If it's true, there was also rumors that Shannon's glamour modeling went a little further than that. Yeah. 
So I did some research into this. And first, I think it is pretty well confirmed at this point that she does or almost certainly has a serious boyfriend on the outside, as we like to say. Yeah, we can't have that again. And second, there are rumors that she did not disclose the full extent of her sex work when she was applying to the show. And they've had plenty of sex workers on the show before. So I guess it's just a matter of them knowing. Yeah, I would think that lying about it would be a really big deal. Again, these are rumors, but the rumor is that, you know, I haven't looked into all the pornography that Shannon has done. Yeah, you have. No, I haven't, but I probably should. That sounded weird. I don't know. Maybe I should have just as research for this episode, but I did not. So I don't know, you know, the full extent of it. You don't know the details. Yeah, I don't know how pornographic it is. We're not judging. Yeah, no judging. But if she lied about it, I can understand why they might want to get rid of her. One question I always had when I was watching this is that if Chloe had picked, let's say, Brad, would Faye have been dumped or not? No, because Faye is awesome on TV. Yeah, I kind of think that they did this because it was Shannon. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they were targeting Shannon, but I think that they said we have an opportunity here to wiggle things around a little bit. That's what I think. I also just want to make a quick note. Really, really terrible. All of the online bullying of Chloe. Death threats sent to her social media accounts after she picked Aaron. That's not okay. No, it's not cool. To the point where her family had to make a post saying, hey, guys, like Chloe's a person. She has a family that loves her. She had no idea this was going to happen. And maybe calm your tits. Yeah. Go talk to Olivia Atwood. She has a really great nuanced statements on all of that stuff. So after all this hullabaloo about Chloe and poor Shannon, we get our first couple date. Kaz and Toby go on a date and we will cover that later. But it is worth mentioning that it happens. It exists. The next thing that has caused oohs and ahs, shock and awe, is Brad's bad kiss. Yeah, and it's not that he kissed poorly. It's that he had to kiss the islander he fancied the most and the islander he fancied the least. So he's still coupled up with Faye at this point. He snogs Chloe as the islander he fancies the most, and then he picks Faye as the islander he fancies the least. Wow. Faye, who he has been trying to convince that he likes her. He's been trying to convince us of that. I think he's been trying to convince himself of that. But yes, hurt feelings are happening here. Yeah, he really did not have to do that. He could have picked any of the girls that he had not really talked to very much yet and just said, oh, well, I just don't know you yet. That's why I picked you. Instead, he decided to hurt Faye. And Faye gets the first pie of the season. Yep. Unfortunately for Brad, it really ends up bringing Faye and Chloe together. I mean, Faye and Brad, like I said, have been a real thumbs down from the get-go. Every conversation they have had is stilted and awkward. He doesn't listen to her. He just rambles on and on and on. And after this big pieing, she finally tells him, you're the only person who makes me feel uncomfortable. And I'm in a couple with you. He sucks with her. He is so much more friendly and personable. I would say still pretty chatty and rambly, but he's a much friendlier, nicer guy to pretty much everybody else, especially with the guys. And uh, yeah, you know what? He kind of did Faye a favor there. Get it over early and out. And then Chloe and Brad have several chats through episodes three and four, and he still does not shut up. He's just a little nicer about it. And finally, Chloe has to tell him, Brad, you talk too much. The chat is not it. Faye is not ignored for very long. Hugo decides that it's time for him to shoot his shot. And I think this was really smart of him to do. Obviously, he likes her. That's who he picked at first. But... He also avoids the whole Dr. Alex and Nas treatment by going out there, being aggressive, saying that he is interested in one of these girls. I mean, you're there to crack on. Eat, sleep, crack on, repeat. I know that's not how they meant it, but it makes me laugh. They had to add that comma. You know, and if you're not cracking on, what are you doing? Why are you there? We don't need a mascot in the house. Definitely pays to shoot your shot, even if, as we see, it doesn't go quite the way Hugo hopes. Because in come... Two new boys. We've got the tall and, is he really 21? Liam. Yeah, he looks about 33. 
and Bucket Hat Magnet Chugs, which stands for cuddles and hugs, but does it really? I am going to say no. I'm going to say that was made up. So the public gets to pick who should go on the dates with the new boys. And despite her flirtation with Aaron, nothing much has happened. So Sharon gets to go and poor Pied Faye also gets to go. Yeah, the Chugs and Sharon date, eh, I don't know. It didn't really seem all that fire. No, she tells him that she's spoken to Aaron. So his name does come up, but they've done a little bit more and a little bit less than speak, I would say. More not speaking than speaking, if you know what I mean. The Faye and Liam date is very cackly, a little flirty, and there's a whole trip to Cougarville. Yeah, she is so into him right away. I don't think he feels it back. Yeah, not so sure. But he also seems like a guy who keeps his cards pretty close to his chest. So even if he was, I don't know if he would be letting on. Yeah, we'll see. So the girls, the new boys come back into the villa. The couples are holding hands, which sends some shockwaves through the villa, especially poor Hugo. And Aaron notices too, Sharon did it on purpose, BT dubs, but Aaron feels pretty confident that he's going to be her number one pick. So he doesn't let it bother him. And the real question after all this is, what does Faye want? Attention. Yeah, she's trying to pick between Liam and Hugo. Hugo pulls Faye for a chat immediately because he really wants to know what is Faye looking for? Yeah, what does Faye want? Attention. Is she looking for a serious relationship, as she told Hugo, or... Is she really just looking for a fling with a hot young guy, as she told Liam? So, yeah, Hugo pulls Faye for a chat, which was a terrible idea. She just got back from her date, and I'm sure her head is swimming. And she tells him as much. She needs to process. Give me a second to breathe. I like you. I liked him. Slow your roll. And he understands and is very kind about it, which makes it even harder for her because he was kind about it. Yeah, And apart from that misstep, I think Hugo really does understand the group dynamics pretty well. Certainly better than Brad and and Chugs, the other two guys who are at risk for elimination here. So the question then really becomes, I think also, who's Chloe going to pick and what does she want? And is she going to pick Brad or Chugs? Uh, Well, not so clear, right? Because she doesn't like Chugs and she doesn't like Brad. Then we've got our recoupling. Okay, big one, lots of question marks. We didn't know who was going to get eliminated. So Kaz goes first. She picks Toby. That's no surprise. Sharon, despite maybe a soupçon of interest with Chugs, Sharon stays with her boy Aaron. And then Liberty picks Jake. Again, no surprise there. And here's where things get shaky. Here's where things get interesting. So Faye, who is trying to decide between Liam and Hugo... She hesitates. She is not sure of her choice at all. But we are. She picks Liam. I think we all knew where that was going. And finally, it's Chloe's pick. Hugo, Chugs, and Brad are all still up there. And she picks Hugo. Score one for the nice guy. It might be a pity pick, but she does say that she and Hugo are going to support each other in their journey to find love. I'd rather see a good friend coupling than an awkward, fake, we don't like each other at all coupling. Why should you pick someone you don't actually like? There's another text, another twist. One of them is going to be saved by the beautiful Rachel. Rachel comes on in. She is absolutely gorgeous, but the poor girl cannot walk in her shoes. And again, the internet went wild. I can't say it wasn't funny, and I can't say it's not mean. Rachel certainly holds her own, and I'm excited to see who she picks at the end of her 24 hours getting to know you bombardment period. Yeah, that will be fun, but we'll have to wait for next week. Is it time to move out of mom's basement? Indude.com is the number one website for chill jobs, like working at a weed dispensary or a video game store. 
If they might ask you to take a drug test, cut your hair, or remove your piercings, you won't find them on Indude.com, man. We only list cool jobs. Awesome! Current listings include mini golf attendant, bowling alley cashier, and arcade manager. Sweet! Apply now for summer lifeguard positions, and if you act quick, you might snag a job at one of the country's last remaining video rental stores. The only catch is you'll have to move to Montana. No way! So the next time someone tells you to get a job, you can be all like, I'm in, dude. Indude.com. Jobs you can hang with. Thank you for listening to Little Bit Leave It. You can, of course, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And you can also support us on Patreon if you really, really like the podcast. We got some cool stuff starting at just $2 per month. Patreon.com slash Little Bit Leave It. Now it is time for the state of the couples. So let's talk about our four main romantic couples. We're going to skip Chloe and Hugo because that's just not it. So let's talk about my favorite, your favorite, everybody's favorite, I assume, Jake and Liberty, the insurance couple. Yeah, Jake from State Farm and Liberty Mutual. How about that? They are both psyched after their initial coupling they reveal in their gender chats. But Jake later reveals that he doesn't want to rip her clothes off. Yeah, he's not that attracted to her apparently, which, hey, could have fooled me. Yeah, Chloe asks Jake about Liberty after she joins the house and he says they get along well, but maybe they're too similar. Jake really seems to be holding himself back. He's not allowing himself to enjoy his time with Liberty as fully as he should, but she has no idea. In episode three, he tells Liberty that he didn't want Chloe to pick him and that they're going to have a spoon that night. They even have the same dream date, dinner on a boat. So Jake and Liberty, come to New York City and you can have your nightmare date on the circle line. Yeah, and dinner on a boat. I almost wonder if they decided ahead of time that they were going to say that so they could end up with that as a date. But who knows? That's really cynical. Yeah, no, it's super cynical. Obviously not true. But kudos to Liberty. Despite how well things are moving between them, she is trying to not rush into things. In episode four, we get more flirting. Jake admits that her eyes draw him in and she really does have gorgeous eyes. And this leads to some snogs. Liberty tells him that he gives her butterflies and he gets really excited and then he farts. But in this episode, here's when the treachery really begins. Jake later tells Hugo that he's not super high on Liberty, but an empty dance card Hugo tells Jake that from the outside looking in, Jake and Liberty are what Hugo wants. So talk about, you know, really rubbing it in, salt in the wound. By the end of the week, Liberty is shown telling Chugs that if she has to pick that day, which she does, she is going to pick Jake. She doesn't really have much interest in talking to Liam. And she still doesn't know that Jake has been talking about her behind her back, which makes me wonder that if she had known about that, would she have been so dismissive of Chugs? A week from today, will Jake and Liberty still be together? I think Jake got so excited by her telling him that he gives her butterflies. If Jake allows himself to just calm down, relax, and have fun, yes. I think Jake and Liberty will stay together for the next week. So that's a yes. That's a yes. Okay, let's move on to Sharon and Aaron. So we talked about how that snog in episode two comes out of absolutely nowhere. And nothing much comes of it. In the next episode, episode three, Sharon throws shade at Chloe for picking Aaron because obviously that kiss meant everything. What is this, middle school? They finally start connecting in episode four. Aaron takes her up to the roof. They have a nice little chat. They flirt. He tells her that he's not into Chloe despite being in a couple with her. And there's more snogging, non-game snogging. And now things are heating up. Like I said, she tells Chugs that she's spoken to Aaron. And Jake enjoys watching Aaron sweat while Sharon is on that date. 
So Aaron tries to play it cool, but the guys know that he is not as cool. So Sharon walks in knowing that Aaron likes her, but she's holding hands with Chugs. I don't know how that reads. It reads like Sharon is a game player. That's what it reads like. Possibly. So what do you think? Are they going to be together in another week? Undetermined. Got to give me a yes or no. That's the rule. No. Oh, okay. Because I would say yes. I agree with you, Jake and Liberty. I'm going to say they will be together in another week. Okay, let's go to Kaz and Toby. So after Kaz and Toby get stuck with each other, they start off their relationship with some game mandated toe sucking to break the ice. Not all that much happens. You know, he's pretty cold. By episode three, Kaz is disappointed that there's been zero physical affection. So her plan is to dress sexy, assault him with eye contact, and ask direct questions. What is his deal? What does he want? Toby reveals he also wants physical contact, but he's not sure how he feels about her. He has zero relationship experience, so he has no idea what he's doing. And he's worried that if he gives her even the slightest crumb of affection or attention, it's going to mean that they're married, basically. So he's trying to figure out his life. And so, of course, they get sent on a date. Fortunately, Toby has the guts to explain to her where his head's at and why he won't touch her. And they acknowledge that even though they did end up getting stuck together, it's working out pretty well. When they relax and chit-chat, they do enjoy each other's company. And she even manages to give him some relationship lessons, a la Shauna and Callum. If a girl offers to come meet you somewhere or to come see you, the correct answer, guys, is never if you want, which makes it sound like you could not care less And if she gets off her butt and gets all done up and comes to see you, you have really no interest in seeing her. You'll probably just ignore her and then go flirt with another girl. So don't say that. But by the end, they're looking much more comfortable. They're looking much more snuggly. And in gender chat after the date, rave reviews were given on both ends. There's a kiss that night. Unfortunately, it only happens because Liberty dares Toby. But it does happen and it does look good. And at the end of the week, Kaz tells Chugs that she's into Toby. I don't know. I'm giving this one a thumbs up. I think this one's going to happen. So your prediction is they will be together in a week. Yeah, I think Toby just needs to get his head screwed on straight and be willing to experiment and be willing for things to not work out. See, I'm not so sure because to me, it just seems like Toby doesn't really like her. Well, I didn't say they were going to be together forever. I just said they were going to be together next week. Uh, I think even that's a... A risky bet, honestly. Fair enough. Crazy things happen on this show. All right, let's talk about Faye and Liam. So obviously this is a late pairing. She's very clearly taken in by his looks and his height. You know, she doesn't mind that he's quote unquote 21. He doesn't mind that she's older. And even though they walk back into the villa holding hands, I don't buy it. He doesn't like her as much as she likes him. There's really not that much to say about these two because they paired off so late in the week. I think he's going to ditch her for a younger, hotter model as soon as one comes in, which we all know this is being Love Island is what's going to happen. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. So to wrap it up, you think we've got two couples that are going somewhere and those couples are Jake and Liberty and Kaz and Toby and two couples that are probably only together for the moment. And that's Aaron and Sharon and Liam and Faye. We will see next week how right you are. It's time for Fantasy Love Island. Let's check in with how the Islanders did on week one. We've got our top scorers, Toby, coming in at 36 points because you get points for kisses and snogs and going on dates and stuff like that. So that date really helped Toby this week. Which is odd because Toby's such a milk toast character. Yeah, I know. He's so mild mannered. Yet for fantasy purposes, he's who you wanted this week. Brad, also not too bad. He ended up with 30 points. Jake, Aaron, and Kaz, not too far behind them. But in general, the guys did a little better because they got to all go on the date with Chloe. And they all got points for that. Oh, so that's why there were no girls in the top five or whatever. Well, Kaz is the only girl who makes it up with a decent score this week. Now, Faye would have had a really good score because of all that snogging, but she got pied. By Brad. 
Yep, you lose a lot of points for that, as Becca found out because Becca had Faye this week, unfortunately. And she seemed like such a strong bet. And who were the bottom three? The worst performers this week, Shannon had one and Faye had two. So Liam and Chugs didn't have any points. Now you may be asking, well, didn't they go on a date? You only get points if you're picked to go on a date by either the public or the producers. So that entry date does not count for New Islanders. Oh, okay. Now we can always change that next year. We have to read the fine print, folks. Yeah, you got to be picked for a date. That is how it works. Well, wouldn't it be by the public producers or another contestant? Yeah, public producers or another contestant. That's correct. Okay. This week, Beck, I'm sorry to tell you, I beat you this week. You beat me every week. Don't tell the people that. (laughs) That was a joke, obviously, but Beck picked Faye and Jake and got a total of 28 points, whereas I picked Liberty and Brad and had a total of 42 points. So I am currently in the lead. How did you do? Tell us. Let us know on social media. You email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear also any ideas you have for making Fantasy Love Island better. And don't forget to draft a new team before episode one of week two starts. That's right. We draft a new couple every single week. So if this week didn't go well, change it up. When new people come in, you'll have an opportunity to add them to your roster. If you didn't play this week, start playing next week. It's all wide open. Are we ready for some tea and some A? I think we are. All right. It's time for the TNA report. The TNA report. Now, as Ben mentioned earlier, it is normally just about fashion. But I have to become the church lady for a minute and talk about the amount of tea this week. These halter wrap bathing suits are scandalizing my old lady eyes. Look, these ladies look great. They're young. They're beautiful. Most of them have paid a pretty penny to be able to wear those bathing suits. And in reality, I don't have a problem with them. But like the boomer in me is shocked. So let's talk about the hits and misses this week. Episode one. First of all, we have to give credit to Laura Laura looks fantastic in the white dress with the blue flowers, the blue and green platform shoes, and the piss, not the piss, the piece de resistance, the my type on paper headband. The other thing that stood out to me was Sharon's purple, orange, and white cutout bathing suit on the first day. What do you remember from episode one? What stood out to you? Well, I think Sharon's bathing suit, number one, I think I had that as my favorite of all the bathing suits. I also like Shannon's which had those rings uh, incorporated into the design. And that was a rappy, haltery thing too? No, that one was a more traditional bathing suit. But I think Faye had the rappy, haltery thing. Yes, Faye is usually the one displaying her assets. Yes, yes. Let's get to that uh, momentarily. All right, episode two, I don't have a lot. I was really distracted by how much I hate Faye's brown lipstick. It's super 90s. It does nothing for her. It makes her top lip look weird. Hate it, hate it, hate it. And that is all I remember from episode two. Well, I thought both Shannon and Sharon, again, uh, brought the fashion in episode two. I like Shannon's yellow dress and Sharon's romper. Episode three, we got thumbs up for Kaz, the orange bikini with the loops. And I also like Toby's tiger shirt on the date. Moving along to episode four, Chloe is at the fire pit talking to somebody and she has this butterfly hair clip in and it's really pretty and really artistic. I really loved it. And then Chloe brings it at night with the deep V black plunge dress. Yeah, Chloe looked great. I also liked Hugo's Hawaiian shirt in this episode. Yes, agreed. And I was also a fan of Faye's dress, which was black with that beige-ish pattern on it. That fit her really well? Yeah. Yeah, that was super flattering. I did not like Kaz's white bandeau and matching hip huggers. I feel like we saw Paige wear a slightly less ugly, but also ugly version last season. It didn't look finished. It looked really plain and could have used some bedazzling or just not wearing it at all. Wearing something else, I mean. 
Okay. <laughs> Let's get into episode five, because that's where the fashion really stood out to me. Yeah, and not always for good reasons. Oh, no, definitely not. So first, I have a question mark. Let's talk about Liam's tattoos for a second. Yeah, you mean Frank Sinatra and Muhammad Ali. They're very well done from what I can tell. At least he went to what seems like a reputable shop. But it's an interesting choice for a 21-year-old. Wouldn't you agree? I'd say it's really, really weird. I mean, Muhammad Ali, like, okay. Obviously, he's a great boxer. He was a great civil rights hero. But Sinatra? Kind of a piece of crap. Yeah, you know, I have a feeling that Liam doesn't know very much about either of these guys. I would agree with that. Let's crap on some clothes first. Yeah, How about these Crocs? We've got two different people wearing Crocs in this episode, at least that I could see. Chugs wearing these lavender Crocs. Yeah, cheers to him for that, though, because at least that was a bold choice. And Faye wearing white ones. So the UK sometimes does fashion before us or after us. Are they hopping back on the Crocs boat and we're going to get it again later? Like, what's happening here? I think that this was a paid placement by Crocs to get a couple Islanders wearing Crocs in the villa and for that to be shown on TV. That would be my bet because I don't think we see them any other time in the week. But I also posed this question on Reddit. I said, what's going on with these Crocs? And I was told that there is right now a heavy advertising push in the UK. Crocs trying to make a comeback. Stop trying to make Crocs happen. Haven't you guys seen Mario Batali? It's not going to happen. Okay, let's talk about Jake's tight jorts. Ouch. I feel like you would lose all blood flow in those. We already mentioned poor Rachel, who can't walk in her shoes and got roasted mercilessly online. And my final tisk tisk phase open suit jacket. Come on. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, it's probably the less we say, the better. It's like a one piece thing that makes it look like her boobs are just going to flop out at any second, right? Well, obviously, she's got like spirit gum or tape on them. I don't think she is stupid enough to leave it to chance. Whenever women wear outfits like that to the big award shows or whatever, it's held down. You're not just going to gamble. Yeah, it's a little weird looking. Um, And on the other end of the spectrum, we had Sharon's blazer, which was far more appropriate for a work function. I'm assuming that is actually part of her work wardrobe that she thinks is somehow cool and fun looking. I mean, I didn't like Sophie Piper's blazer collection either, but at least those were dramatic fashion. So those who have listened to season six know that our opinions on Sophie's blazers do diverge a bit. I like most of Sophie's blazers, if not all of them. Those blazers were fun, right? They had exaggerated shoulders, huge lapels, fun materials. This has none of that stuff. It was a little dress barn. Now contrast that with Liberty. One of the few wrap tops I actually really loved. Yeah, Liberty's red wrap top and white pants with her hair up, those big gold hoops. She looks fantastic at the recoupling ceremony. She nails it. She looks like she was going to a 4th of July party, which is pretty funny considering, you know, British and all. I also really like Kaz's red dress and the matching red eyeshadow. I thought she looked really nice as well. And that is all I have for fashion in week one. Yeah, so far, I would say we've got a couple people who might emerge as really great dressers, but, you know, no one has really stood out. I mean, Sharon, maybe a little bit. Kaz made a few appearances on the positive list. Yeah, maybe Kaz will end up being our fashion star or our fashion star may not have entered the villa yet. Agreed. Let's move on to our final and goofiest segment. Five ridiculous moments of the week. Before I get into my ridiculous moments, I would like to get into one that is not ridiculous, but I have not mentioned yet. I love how the guys get the girls drinks every morning, even when they can't get the orders right and they make everything all mixed up. I still think it's really sweet and a nice way to bring good morale to the group. Oh, yeah. There was a either a tweet or something that went viral that said, oh, man. Curtis Pritchard must be watching this season and getting so angry. Why, is he a barista? 
oh no, just that he was the guy who loved to get the coffee for everyone and to see those orders being delivered and screwed up. He must have been stressed out while watching these episodes. Okay, so let's get into our top five moments. Number one, Toby doesn't know what to cheers to on night one. Summer of love, sanitized sex bubble, a great summer, the villa, us, G-Tobes, not that hard. Yeah, he is really dull as dishwater to use a overused phrase. And that's the thing. He's not even always boring. Maybe he's just not good on the spot. We'll see. Number two, Hugo's random singing, which then inspires Ian's random singing. Yeah, taking a page right out of my book. Jake takes a bubble bath with a glass of rosé. And I also love the look on Chloe's face when she sees him. Even though I don't always like Jake, I like how Jake is so himself. Oh, yeah. He's great reality TV personality. I'm realizing all my moments of the week are about the boys. Toby calls Aaron A-A-Ron, a little throwback to Key and Peel. And finally, Brad argues with Chloe over whether black and white are colors or tones. And this is when Brad still really wants Chloe to like him. So that was an interesting way of going about it, I thought. Not as edifying as the Brexit discussion from season four, but a good one nonetheless. And I don't think they ever resolved it because Chloe probably did the smart thing and walked away from any time Brad is talking. And I think it's time for you to walk away from us talking. But we will be back next week with a recap of week two, an update on Fantasy Love Island, and more fashion that we will talk about. More couples, more nonsense, and hopefully more snogs. And in the meantime, you can get in touch with us on social media. I am at LBLI Podcast on Twitter. At LBLI Peng, like Peng Sort. And you can email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. From Staten Island. To Love Island. Faye. 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 Faye.